when we are in fear, we don't have the ability to see ahead of us. We only see the fear that is right in front of us. And so when we open up our eyes to opportunities outside of fear, then we can serve and people are watching us as Christians, as, as leaders. Hello and welcome to the Carney Free Podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity for various ministry leaders and pastors to talk about different topics that could be happening within our church, within our community, or even around the world. My name is Cody Riedel and I'm the Communications Director at eFree. I'm joined today by our lead pastor, Adrian Boykin, and our college and young adult uh, pastor, Aaron Ferguson. So speaking of talking about things that are happening around the world, um, there's a lot of fear and anxiety going on around the world with uh, the coronavirus, so we thought we'd get together and chat about it a little bit today. So, yippee! Yeah, just what we all <laughs> want to talk more about. Let's let's continue talking about it. But you know, I just I just wanted to um, the, you know I sent an email to you guys talking about um, the fear and the faith involved with this scenario. So maybe just uh, what stimulated your thought process through that email? Yeah. Well, as I've been talking to different uh, college students and young adults, and viewing what I see online, what we're finding is some of the younger people are more frustrated with the nearsighted things, like my concert was canceled, my I now have to meet online, um, what is going to happen with my sports career, as the seniors are talking about. And now there are young people who are thinking long-term and what could happen for people financially and whatnot. But um, if you're a parent of one of these students or young adults, you may think that uh, their short-term thinking is all that they're thinking about. And yes, that is some of the things that we're talking about. But um, we also see that young people will are um, prone to sometimes taking risks. Like, hey, this is an opportunity for me to go serve on mission. This is an opportunity for me to go and give to the, those that are in need right now, whether it be financially or for food or whatever. And so um, kind of balancing this prone to risk, like I am willing to be used if I can. And then also being wise about what am I going to do with this freedom that I have and these opportunities. So, Yeah, I've noticed some of the same. And I think just on a, I guess, a macro level, we all recognize that the apple cart has been upset for every single one of us. Mm. And so... Um, there's a knee-jerk reaction that we have, which is a level of frustration with government responses or frustration with sports or whatever our thing is that got canceled or, you know, a genuine fear that I'm not sure if I'm going to get a paycheck. And that's an understandable fear. And, uh, you know, concerns about things with our kids as schools are now not in session. So it just feels like everybody's apple cart has been upset and this has been a great leveling effect. It affects all of us, not certain people of certain economic um, uh, places, but each and every one of us and every generation is affected. And some people, it seems, depending on personality, feel a greater level of anxiety about mm-hmm. it than others. And so I'm just kind of reminding myself and trying to remind people as much as possible that some of that is just going to be based on the way you are raised or your natural personality, and there's no reason to... Uh, judge that in any case Um, but if we listen well to each other even if it just means digitally then that'll help a lot 
Yeah, one of the things that I was thinking about is I see reactions, um, whether it be through articles or social media interactions. Some people are saying, why are churches not meeting in person when this is the time that churches should meet in person? And then other people are saying, well, this is an opportunity to care for the least of these that are more prone to these kind of illnesses. And I think it's important for us to not speak as experts on diseases or viruses when we do not know the full story of things. And so I've been frustrated by some Christian people who are speaking negatively about the response that some people are having in order to slow the spread of this virus and not to overwhelm the um, hospital systems. But I am thankful for um, churches who have the ability and the resources to minister to their people, whether it be in person or online. And I'm thankful that they they took those steps. You know, Adrian, you talked about um, yesterday in your message, you know, we're in this initiative of from Sunday to every day and loving the one. Um, maybe just talk about what this could look like for people um, during this, this, in this atmosphere, this climate that we're in, so. In the second and third centuries, uh, the Roman Empire was hit by extraordinary epidemics of uh, smallpox and other diseases and um, huge, huge percentages of people to the tune of 30, 40, 50 percent of people in two separate ep epidemics, once in the uh, second century and then are in the third century, were killed in the Roman Empire. And uh, the only people that stayed in general were Christians. Mm. And it was Christians who said, I will take upon me the basic responsibility of nursing people around me, whether it be fellow Christians or those who were in the Roman Empire and at least at that time would have been called pagans. I don't use that in any derogatory way. That's what they were called. They were adherents of other religions and Caesar worship. And it was Christians who regularly stayed behind at their own risk and cared for those who were infected and dying and um, in many cases were infected themselves. But it was that over the course of both the second and the third century that perhaps many historical sociologists have said led so much to the growth of Christianity mm -hmm. that by the fourth century, uh, Christianity was the de facto religion of the empire because it had so influenced the entirety of the Roman Empire, not mostly by giving the very best answers, but by serving. Mm. What's interesting is one of the leaders during that time, his name was Julian, he tried to copy what the Christians were doing by creating a governmental program to imitate what Christians were doing in response to what was happening. And what they discovered is that even though they're doing everything they can to mandate these kinds of behaviors, it was not spreading, yet mm. Christianity was still spreading. And one of the things that Dionysius said was this, most of our brothers Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another, heedless of the danger. They took charge of the sick, attending to their every need, and ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life serenely happy. 
for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. It's pretty amazing that a pagan leader visualized with his eyes, Christian people are not operating out of self-preservation, but are doing whatever they can to serve those that are in desperate need. And he made such a great note of that, that he's like, let's do this in our programs, Hmm. which is a powerful witness to other folks. Hmm. It's cool you just mentioned that. Aaron and I didn't talk about this ahead of time. (laughs) I had no idea that Aaron had that quote with him, and I don't (laughs) think he had any idea that I was going to mention that. But, you know, that's my foundation. Hmm. Uh, The Son of Man came, Jesus, here's one of Jesus' purpose statements. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve Hmm. and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, as I said yesterday, we have this choice between a bunker mentality or a service mentality. And some of us will not be able to serve for any number of different reasons, and that's okay. But Christianity, we must understand, and this actually will help us understand, this pandemic will help us understand that Christianity is not mostly about what I get. It's mostly about what I give. Hmm. And um, we are seeking to love the one. We are seeking to move from Sunday to every day. And we have opportunity around us not to consume and look out just for our own benefit, but to serve and to say, is there someone in my neighborhood who has an autoimmune disorder? Hmm. Is there someone in my neighborhood who's elderly who wouldn't feel comfortable going to hy V or Walmart or wherever they go? And can I do some of that for them? And it's that kind of thing in 2020 that replicates in a small, small way what Christians did in the second and third century that changed the world, uh, leading up into the growth of Christianity, the exponential growth of Christianity in the third and fourth centuries. Yeah. We have such a tremendous opportunity to respond to what's happening right now, just as our uh, church fathers responded with care and concern and having, so when we, when we are in fear, we don't have the ability to see ahead of us. We only see the fear that is right in front of us. And so when we open up our eyes to opportunities outside of fear, then we can serve. And people are watching us as Christians, as, as leaders. And um, we, we get kind of this idea at C20, we're going through First John, and we just covered chapter 3 uh, last night. And this is what it says. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, with actions and in truth. John's saying, your love will be manifest in what you do with what you have. And there is obviously wisdom that we need to have in understanding our own immune systems or our own health risk, but then opening up our eyes and saying, God, what do you want me to do to serve those around me? At what cost am I willing to to give to those needs? Hmm. What are some other, you know, scripture that we can pray over and meditate over that you guys um, have have been sharing with people during this time? Uh, One of mine is uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind and love and self-discipline and so a lot of people have a spirit of fear right now Mm -hmm. 
and I do sometimes too. And when I do, I ask Jesus to come into that. Mm. I simply pray, Lord Jesus, well, would you come into this place of fear that I'm experiencing right now? And would you help me to understand that I do not know the future? And that's okay. And troubles will come to us all. You've told us, Lord Jesus, that in this world we'll have trouble, but in you we'll have peace. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would give me a spirit of courage and a sound mind and love and self-discipline as opposed to fear in this moment. Because fear is often a choice. It is often our choice to dwell in fear. And you can be very careful, even cautious, while at the same time not live in fear. Mm -hmm. So that's an anchor verse that I come back to a lot. Yeah. I also had that one as well, Adrian. (laughs) Um, We see King David here who was a leader of a lot of people and had a lot of people that were enemies of his. And he says, when I am afraid, I I put my trust in you. There's going to be times that we are going to have fear. And what we do with that fear, it shows what we put our trust in. And when we trust God, we are putting faith in him that he is going to take care of us. And so the definition of faith is putting full confidence and trust in God. And um, when I think through, because there's other things that are going to happen that will possibly bring fear, you know, um, financial hardships, health scares, not just, you know, viruses and things like that. Mm -hmm. And when those things happen, again, people are watching us Mm -hmm. during these times of stress and hurt and pain. What are we going to do? What are we going to put our hope and trust in? How are we going to respond during these times when the fire is turned up in our lives? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, oh. I was just going to say, I was just encouraged, um, even just after your message on Sunday, just online, seeing the people responding to the idea of loving the one and asking even strangers in the grocery store that mm-hmm. had their faces covered in masks, someone walking up and saying, hey, here's my business card. I'll go shopping for you if you need it. Give mm-hmm. me a call. Wow. So just a beautiful um, mm-hmm. example of already what's been doing, uh, what's been happening within our church in response to this virus. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a sweet example. I'll just list a few other verses, though, that we can go to because sure. it's helpful to have a cache of verses that you go to in these moments. Psalm 23, of course. Psalm 46. Psalm 27. Psalm 63. Um, John 15. Philippians 4, which we noted yesterday in service, Romans 8, 1 John 4. Those are a handful of chapters that you can go to and really feel emboldened by the promises of God during a fearful time. Yeah, that's great. Um, And when you read those verses and you meditate on them, think about what am I putting my trust in right now? Where's that fear coming from? Ask yourself, ultimately, what am I fearing in this moment? Is it financial stress? Is it a potentially yourself getting sick? Is it um, the sickness or pain of a a loved one? And then when you meditate over these verses, you say, God, do I trust you with my own health, with my own life? Do I trust you with taking care of my family? Hmm. Uh, the sermon the other day, uh, Adrian, you said, wash your hands, which is a wise Mm. thing to say right now, but you said, wash your hands, then go wash someone else's feet. And I just thought that was a beautiful statement, especially with what, what's going on right now. Um, 
and I know you touched on the, the bunker mentality, but, you know, maybe just expand on that a, a little more if you can or more to share with a devotional or. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there's many, many different ways that we can wash someone's feet. And, um, but that's the model that Jesus gave. It's really interesting that he did that as he also gave the Last Supper to his disciples, which represent his body and his blood. At the same time, he washed their feet. And so uh, how do you serve the person that's right in front of you? It could be the person right in front of you online um, who says something that frustrates you. How do you serve the person who is at the grocery store who is elderly? I love the example that you just gave. Um, how would you serve your neighbors right now? Perhaps it would be um, making a door hanger or a note that you put on every door in your neighborhood saying how you and your kids would be available if someone in your neighborhood has need. Mm-hmm. Um, say someone comes to you and they are very fearful and they're crying. I had a couple of those yesterday at church. What are you, you going to do in that moment? To, to serve them, to meet them, to at least sympathize, perhaps empathize. If you don't have the empathy, the same experience, you could show sympathy and say, okay, this person's hurting. How am I going to be with them in that moment? And if you can't touch them physically as we really can't right now, you say, can I pray for that right now? Can we bring this bud before Jesus right now? And um, this is the way we want to operate with each other inside the body of Christ. And all of that can be examples of giving of yourself emotionally for the emotional needs of someone else. And that's what washing feet really is. It's giving of yourself emotionally for the emotional needs of someone else. And they're all over the place. Um, you know, on, on a most personal level, I've shared a little devotional with a number of um, elders and our administration finance team, a couple other leaders here in the church over the past week or so, and it just comes from Psalm 46. And we all know Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And that's a, a beautiful passage to remind us that God remains on the throne, He remains sovereign, He remains in charge, even through a very, very tumultuous time. But if, if you read that psalm in full, and I'd, I'd encourage everyone who's listening right now to take a moment to read that psalm in full, it's basically uh, structured in the simplest of ways. The author of the psalm, the, the sons of Korah, these songwriters, they just say uh, these, these three things, that God is our refuge in a natural crisis. So say there's an earthquake or a tornado or a, a pandemic. In a natural crisis, God is our refuge and our fortress. The word refuge means home. The word fortress means strong protector. So God is our home and our strong protector during any kind of natural crisis. Also, God is our refuge in a political crisis, it says. Well, we're kind of in that too. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Israel knew lots and lots and lots of political crisis. In fact, uh, there's a line in here that says the holy city of Jerusalem the, the holy place where the Most High dwells will not fall. But Israel did fall, and Jerusalem fell on a number of occasions, and every, na- every nation state will fall. Like, we don't talk about the Roman Empire other than in history. It's, mm-hmm. it's not around anywhere. Every nation state will fall, even the wonderful American nation state. Mm-hmm. Everyone will. But you can still be still 
and know that God is God because he is ultimately our refuge. He is ultimately our fortress in any political crisis. He, he wins in the end. And that's the final thing, though, that it says is God is our refuge in the end. He is our fortress. The Lord, Almighty, the, the Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It closes with. And so the, the, the point in the middle of this beautiful psalm is Psalm 46. It says, if God is your refuge in political crisis, if God is your refuge in um, physical or um, earthly crisis of some kind, natural crisis, and if God is your refuge and he is your fortress in the end, then you can be still hmm. and know that God is God. And it's interesting that that word in the Hebrew is, is it's harpu, harpu. And harpu doesn't just mean be still. It can mean that, but it also means relax, hmm. chill out. To use contemporary language, chillax, y'all, <laughs> chillax. <laughs> Not because it's not a big deal, and right. it doesn't mean stop moving. It, it actually doesn't mean just be still, be still as in stop moving. Mm. It means relax as in, yeah, there's still other things that you're going to need to do. You're still going to need to be cautious. You're still going to need to guard your kids, but relax because in the end, God is still our refuge and our fortress and any hard time of trouble. Be still, relax know that God is still God, and in the end, he will make all right. I would add just a little bit to that. As you walk through Psalm 46 and some of these other verses that Adrian mentioned, it may be time for you to slow down your consumption of information because there's a difference between being informed and being fixated. Mm -hmm. And when we are fixated and constantly hearing the negative reports, it can make the fear come back. And so to chillax, maybe it's to <laughs> pause the consumption of information of what's happening nationwide, worldwide, and say, God, I'm going to rest in you in this moment. Mm-hmm. I am just going to spend time in your presence. Um, just maybe last thing that I wanted to ask you guys, and it might sound a little backwards, from worldly thinking, but what are you, what are you excited? You I mean you talked about opportunity here? What are you guys excited about for the opportunity for the church to shine in your specific ministries and just as a church as a whole for for the world? I saw a quote from a um, a man who studies um, revivals, mm-hmm. and he said he could totally see a revival happening through this reformation of online ministry. Obviously, we need to meet together in community, mm-hmm. in person. But what if there are people right now who can't go to their work, can't go to the sports games? They're not busy in their, their minds with stuff. And now they're, they're seeing all this online content being produced. And they see how much God loves them. And he's actually the one who's in control. So I can see an increase in engagement with the, the resources that Christians are putting out. Um, which could possibly lead to people coming to know Jesus, mm. which is an exciting thing. Um, you know, sometimes we see the Internet or um, technology as a negative, and it can be, but um, this is a resource that God has given us, and we can utilize it for his kingdom purposes and advancing the gospel. Those are good points, Aaron. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. That's well, well said. I would probably just add to it as a reiteration of 
couple things though that I said yesterday. Um, our illusions of control are now being exposed. Mm. We think we have control when we do not have control, and that is being exposed right now. And as it's being exposed, the um, trust that we put in safety and the trust that we put in money will be broken down. Like all of us are going to have a financial impact from this. Mm -hmm. And all of us are going to have new safety and health concerns with someone that we know because of this. And so that removes some of the illusion of control, which then reminds us what um, we are truly to worship and what we are to truly put our trust in, give our heart to. As Jesus said, our hearts will follow our treasures. And what is not promised, but Americans have gotten used to having over the course of the past decades, is health, safety, and financial prosperity. We have more of that than any other country in all of history, at least financial prosperity. We have far more of that than any other country in uh, contemporary times or all of history. And that gives us an illusion of control that we simply do not have. It also leads us to a, a false worship, oftentimes unintentionally. So I am hopeful that this brings us to our knees with respect to what really matters, which is God hmm. and people and dwelling with him and coming to know him better and better and experiencing that he actually is an ever-present comfort in our times of trouble. Well, I just want to thank you guys both for taking the time to, to share and um, be on this podcast. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we? Church, we love you. <laughs> we love you, church. We are yeah. here with you in this. We, we are praying with you, uh, praying for you. When things start to get shut down here, as they're going to, um, we want to pray individually with you. So let us know. Um, your pastors, your staff, your ministry leaders of all kinds are here for you and with you. And perhaps this could be a fine hour in which we grow together in Christ, both individually and as we reach out to our broader community. Yeah, I, w yeah, I would agree. Just if you have concerns or prayer requests or just need somebody to talk to, um, Carney Efree has so many amazing people, life group leaders, pastors, mentors that want and desire to talk with you and meet those needs. Please let us know how we, with all of our resources of wonderful people, can meet those needs. Yeah, and um, I mentioned yesterday that uh, spiritual health is critical to public health. <laughs> yeah. And so you need to stay in community. Mm -hmm. Even if we can't gather as a large community you need to stay in your communities of five or six or eight that are spiritually fueling to you even if it needs to be by zoom meetings or facetime or something hopefully those can continue to be face to face but we need community all the time we especially need community during times of trauma very good well thank you all for listening to today's podcast and we'll uh, keep everything up to date on carneyfree.com as this is a uh, fluid uh process here that we're going through all together but thank you for listening and we love you all